you're listening to the hybrid cloud forecast series with host andre tost hello and welcome to today's episode of the hybrid cloud forecast today we're going to talk about design and i have been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time we have charlie hill with us today He's an IBM fellow, and he is a designer at IBM. Welcome, Charlie. Thanks for having me. So maybe we should start, we always do it, with start with introductions. So if you could tell us a bit about kind of what, what your role is in IBM, or especially how you got there, what your upbringing was, professionally speaking, if you will. Sure, sure. I'm a, uh, um, I'm a, a design leader at IBM today. Uh, I, I got here, um, I, I originally studied engineering and then cut across and escaped engineering very quickly and went to design school and became a user experience designer uh, probably 30 years ago now. So I've been doing this a long time. Spent a few years in the research labs at Apple in the 90s and moved to IBM after that and have been at the company for over 20 years designing enterprise software products and, and cloud services for, for most of that time. Interesting. I And, and I want to dive into that uh, a bunch more because to some degree, I feel like design you know, may appear to some as somewhat of a foreign concept, right? Because obviously on this podcast also, we talk a lot about technology. We talk about architecture. We talk about what it means to be cloud native and how you develop solutions and so forth. And like I said, I've been looking forward to this conversation to kind of put a whole different spin on it, namely, how do you design something to be a delightful experience for the consumer and 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 how that influences the process? So maybe you can tell us a bit about you know, how do we design products at IBM? What does that even mean, especially in the realm of software? Yeah, sure. It's interesting. I think in some ways, design is common sense. What we really want to do is understand the outcome that our target user needs. They have a goal. How do we get them to a great result? And then we work back from that target outcome. It's, you know, sometimes we talk about it as being uh, starting from the outside and working in. We can all do that. Um, I think designers as a kind of more specialized skill set within a development organization bring um, additional skills and techniques for visualizing ideas. And that's really important, not only for the team, but also to test ideas very quickly with users. And, and of course, designers also play a role in crafting the, the, uh, the user experience, the user interface of a product, um, and you know, really getting the, the, the structure, the visual design, the interactions, and the flows really uh, working well for the user. So that, I think design operates at many different levels. Uh, from figuring out what's needed to, you know, really crafting the final tangible thing that the user interacts with. As I've been in development, it used to be that we're trying to find technology answers to the to the requirements that were given to us, right? And we're saying, here's the different architectural styles in which we could implement it and, and programming uh, disciplines and, and what have you. And then it was often that the uh, UI was a separate thing or an afterthought almost, I mean, exaggerating, but that was a separate component to say, like, we're going to work about the core of the system and then we're going to put an, a UI on on it, right, as, as a separate kind of activity. And I feel like in the last maybe 10 years, maybe even longer, I mean, you said you've been a designer at IBM for 20 years, but 
that we even formally established a new style of creating software, right? That puts design at the forefront of thinking. That's how we start. And that's what we call a design thinking process, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, innovation can happen in many different ways. And uh, often, you know, some someone comes along with a new technology and, and that that is that sometimes that can immediately find a path to value. And that's kind of a more of a bottom-up technical innovation path. I think where design comes in really is when we're trying to solve a problem that exists in the market. And often we need to assemble technologies into something that enable a user to get to end of job with a, with a, a goal or a task that they have. It really helps to figure out how they're going to do that and kind of rehearse their experience of how they get to success pretty early in the process. So we can then kind of reverse engineer what's needed, maybe not only the core innovative technologies, but the complete package of the solution that's needed to give the user a successful uh, product or service that they can then use and get a predictable result from and do that really easily. So yeah, we've we've definitely been through a bit of a transformation at IBM where we formalized uh, bringing designers onto most of our development teams at a certain kind of skills ratio. So we have the capacity to do that kind of design work and do it from the beginning of the process through all the way through the the um, you know, ongoing uh, delivery process. And, you know, I think that's been a little bit of a culture shift. The other side of that, though, is I think simply deciding to put user success at the center of what you're doing is something that we can all do. And so that's really what design thinking is about. And design thinking is not about designers. It's about engineers and product managers and marketers and uh, and designers all having the user's success in mind as they do their work. And that's kind of a, a common value system that we can, all of our different disciplines can kind of come together around. And that really helps us, I think, um, center on the outcome that's needed by the user rather than purely staying within our various kind of disciplinary swim lanes, so to speak. So I think it's a very powerful way of bringing a team together around a common objective and, and you know, looking at what you're doing um, and critiquing it in terms of user success. And that just really helps us work more productively as a team. Which actually, that makes me think of another question about what are the, what does a designer, what's their background? What's a designer's background? You say your background was engineering. Is it kind of all over the place or kind of, if you look at the teams that you're working with or that you're leading, you know what? Who who are the designers? Yeah, um, I, I mean, designers come from all kinds of backgrounds. Uh, I think uh, I retrained in uh, actually in industrial design, the, the design of uh, commercial manufactured products originally, but very quickly cut across to software in the early days of designing software. These days, you know, you can go and get a degree in user experience design, uh, typically at a uh, design or art school. And it's, you, you know, a, a training within a, a culture of artistic creativity and craft skills. But it, it can also, and I think needs to include systems thinking as well. So designers can come from, I think, a variety of backgrounds. We actually have in our on the research side of our design teams, we have people with degrees in anthropology. They're, they're good at observing people and documenting how they think and bringing those kinds of insights into you know, how people think and what, how they work into our product design and making sure that we're, we have a proper understanding of our customer. 
So there's a bunch of disciplines, I think, that uh, come into play. But certainly, and I, I actually consider engineers to be designing as well, right? And engineers, I think, will say, you know, I'm designing this thing. Um, more of the focus in engineering is on figuring out how to make something work well. Uh, I think often the the core focus of designers with a capital D is really um, the human, the human side of it. How do we make a technology work for people? And that's where these different skills really come into play in a big way. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned observe, the the ability to observe people. So it's just fresh in my memory because I just actually had a meeting earlier today where we're talking about some user research that has been conducted, right? Where we've built products and and we're now, and in fact, you know, usually, ideally, we would have done this much earlier in the process to then go out and say, hey, does it resonate? You know, what's the real feedback that we get and how, and to observe, actively observe how people interact with the systems that we've built and what errors they make, what mistakes they make, right? What errors occur and so that we can then take that back and, and improve the system overall. So I think that whole you know, user focus is a really important element. Of yeah. That. I mean, what, uh, normally when you show a, a prototype or a working product to uh, to a user, you nearly always learn something surprising. And, and uh, often in retrospect, whatever you learn seems obvious, but uh, somehow we're often blind to uh, uh, our own creations. Uh, we get too kind of lost in the details. And so it's incredibly grounding uh, even to show something to just... Uh, you know, three or five users and sort of test it out in a fairly lightweight way, pretty significant learnings can pop out pretty quickly. Uh, so it's a, a cool part of the process. And I actually, one of the things I really love about design is this idea of very quickly articulating an idea and testing it before you build it and iterating it, getting the feedback back into the design. You can close that loop very quickly and, and uh, you know, take a much more iterated design and, into uh, your code base, uh, if you can find the right person to to show your idea to. And I assume, by the way, and I'm obviously showing a bit of my ignorance in this on this topic here, is that there is somewhat of a design community. There is a community of designers across the industry, like software designers, and you have your conferences and your 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 established committees and forums and standards where you get together to kind of progress progress how software should be designed yeah yeah i mean there's you know design is not a new profession right it's been going probably more than 100 years it dates back to the kind of arts and crafts movement and early industrial products and so on and uh, graphic communication and so there's a really established community of design around the world um, it's very very international um, very very uh, rich and diverse uh, you know software design is relatively new user experience design and in some ways it's piggybacked off existing communities like the graphic design community, industrial design, and so forth, um, and academic conferences like uh, human-computer interaction, you know, um, one of the ACM special interest groups. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, 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 it's been kind of an evolution, I think, over a period of uh, 20 or 30 years. Um, but really, today, my, my particular kind of design, user experience design, is very well established. And, you know, we have... At IBM, we have 3,000 designers today. And you know, I, I can't imagine how many there are in the world, but really there's, there's a lot of designers out there the, these days. And by the way, 
a shameless plug here. If you if uh, when you download this podcast episode, you always see the a little cover art that we have, and that cover art was actually made by by Matt Cardinal, who's one of our designers in our team. So oh, yeah, he, Matt, Matt's an awesome designer. I really, he was nice enough to uh, to volunteer to do that for us. Nice. And by the way, since you mentioned, you know, the, the kind of the outside design community, there's awards to be get, uh, to be had as well. And I know that because I recently heard that we won a big, important design award with one of our offerings. Yeah, we, actually, we've we've won a lot of awards recently, and it, and it's definitely gratifying. We have uh, many of our products have kind of come out of the shadows and and gained some. Uh, visibility and recognition, you know, from different awards organizations. I, I, I think for me, you know, awards are important. I also, you know, ultimately what I really care as, as a designer about is, you know, do I have happy users? And of course, you know, as a, as a member of a product organization, I want to see, you know, commercial success of my product and kind of growing user base and so on. So I think, you know, designers hold themselves to account ultimately for, Uh, not only kind of maybe professional recognition like awards, but really how are our users responding to what we've brought to market with with our teams and what can we learn from, you know, how they're doing and what they're saying and so forth. All right. So, so far, we've talked about design in pretty broad terms. So I want to I want to zoom in a little bit on on hybrid cloud. Obviously, that's that's the topic of conversation here. Sure. And, Usually a question that I asked early on, and I, I didn't in this case, but I let me ask it now is, what is your definition or interpretation of what hybrid cloud even is? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm sure you've heard a few different uh, answers to that. I actually have two answers, I think. My first answer is that hybrid cloud is a kind of factual description of the platforms that our customers, uh, businesses, enterprises of all kinds operate on today. Their IT infrastructures have evolved from being private, primarily private on-premises infrastructures to being kind of patchwork of on-prem and you know, one or more cloud infrastructures that they need to bring together uh, in a useful way to, to deliver the capabilities they need uh, for, their, for their users. So I think that sort of The first answer, hybrid cloud is just a fact on the ground for, for uh, IT organizations today. My other answer um, is perhaps a little more idealistic or, or opinionated maybe, which is I think hybrid cloud is a, a kind of vision in a way for bringing all of these different capabilities together into a coherent paradigm and a way of leveraging diverse infrastructures and technologies in a, in a way that is a lot simpler than it is today. Hybrid cloud is very complicated on the ground today. I think hybrid cloud is a focus of a lot of work that is really intended to make it a lot easier to get the most out of all these amazing technologies that are out there and kind of direct Uh, the use of that those technologies towards specific business outcomes uh, that a, that an enterprise has. And so, what does that mean for design then? So, is there 
Is there even such a thing as designing for hybrid cloud? And if so, what does that even mean? <laughs> Good question. I, I, I think we are designing for hybrid cloud. Again, with my first definition, you know, we're designing products and solutions that are operating in a variety of different environments. And so, you know, it, it is something that in practice we're uh, we have to do. I think on the sort of back end of IT, it's a really practical problem. You know, how do you how do you build and deploy and then operate distributed systems that are spread across different infrastructures or composed of different technologies? So that's something where we're having to think about how to bring together disparate capabilities into common operating models common experiences, maybe common conceptual models, uh, and also simply get things to work together in this heterogeneous environment. So certainly designers can help uh, you know, develop our understanding of what's really needed and develop some of the uh, kind of hypotheses for the experiences uh, that would really make that easier. Today, you know, overcoming the complexity that our users are suffering through today. So, I mean, and we we come actually come across this challenge all the time, where we seem to have an apparent, you know, disconnect, if you will, or or, or contradiction. That on the one hand, when we say hybrid, we as part of that we mean it can live in all kinds of places, and we still want to have a maintain a common experience. So, in other words make where it make make the appearance of where it runs go away so that it looks and feels and smells the same everywhere you go at the same time that gets countered with an expectation of well it needs to look native in the place that it lives in right if i'm running something in the ibm cloud to pick the obvious example then i want it to be embedded in what other things in the ibm cloud look and feel and taste like Right. And so sometimes I feel like that's the balancing act that we're going through. How native can it be versus how common and consistent it can be, regardless of where it runs? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's a, um, a set of trade offs, or I think it's really a kind of discussion and an exploration that we're going through at the moment in the industry. There's clearly benefits to fully leveraging kind of the native platform that you're building on. And there are also clearly pitfalls in having kind of uh, separate operating silos that don't sort of talk to each other well. If you need to get a global view or if, if your cloud component needs to talk to another cloud component or, or maybe a, a system that's on-prem, you know, what is the model for doing that? And how do we make that easy? Because I think today, you know, what we're learning from the users that we're working with is that's really difficult. It's difficult to set up. It's diff really difficult to troubleshoot, and uh, it's um, and it's hard to observe and manage as a whole. So I think one of the challenges really is that the kind of integrity that used to be possible in on-prem environments that were tightly controlled by the the IT organization is quite difficult to achieve across these operating environments today. And so that's one of the goals is to make it possible to achieve the same kind of integrity in this much more distributed and, and heterogeneous world. And that doesn't mean losing access to all those great native capabilities, but I think it does mean splicing them together and perhaps bringing some common 
thinking and some common operations across them. That can mean sometimes, you know, guiding the navigation between those worlds, right? And that's, again, is fresh in my mind because as we're looking at some of the our user interfaces, it's, you know, maybe we can combine this or we can we can act on this balancing act that I described earlier by saying we need to provide linkage between worlds so that it's easy to jump from one to the other. And then 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 I can I can have a common experience on top, but then I, I plug in, you know, native experiences from the bottom, so to speak. And there's there's ways of doing that 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 we use in our user experiences all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean one thing that I'm intrigued by at the moment is the idea that uh, you should be able to see your hybrid cloud. And you should be able to see whatever it is you're trying to build or, or run, uh, regardless of where its various pieces are. So just the problem of visibility is it's not, it's not impossible to solve, right? And it doesn't conflict with having things distributed. But I think we have work to do to you know, make it really easy to sort of have views and, and have uh, tools that can sort of work with those views that, that have the right scope and allow us to kind of get out of very low-level abstractions into more useful abstractions if you're trying to make, let's say, an application, you know, make sure that it's running well and maybe migrate it or, you know, operate on that sort of higher-level construct. That's quite difficult today, I think, in hybrid cloud. It seems like that's something that we could do a lot better at. You you, you, you used a word there that I want to poke on a little more, if I may, um, where you said you're intrigued by something. So... Um, so what is what is getting you excited these days? What are you working on right now to the degree that you can share it with with everyone? Sure. Um, what, what, what gets you to say, I can't wait to get, a, or get to work in the morning? Sure, sure. I, yeah, good question. Yeah, I, I am intrigued, actually. I think the hybrid cloud is, you know, as I was saying, it's complicated and there's a huge opportunity to simplify it. The thing that really excites me about what I'm working on at the moment is not so much the product, although I, I'm working on some very interesting uh, products, but the process that we're using to work on these products. We're, we're, we're using a process that we call make to learn. And we're trying to make sense of this very complex space of hybrid cloud across you know, the whole application lifecycle. And to do that, what we're doing is we're making very rough, simple prototypes of user experiences of tools for working with the hybrid cloud. And we're showing them to prospective customers. And we're getting very quick feedback from them on not only what they see in terms of whether it's useful or not, but also if they don't find it useful, what would they find useful? We're trying to tease out a better understanding of the real problems they have. And and so from that, we're we're quite rapidly building a a better picture of the problems that our customers really have. And also we're kind of iterating solutions toward where the real value is. So uh, that's a kind of a classic, uh, you know, design oriented activities, very user-centered, and um, it's helping us uh, get a better understanding of this rather uh, complex and sometimes rather arcane uh, space of the hybrid cloud. Okay. Um, time's always almost up, um, but, you know, one thing that has happened to me throughout, you know, doing these series is that every time I have these conversations, I tend to think like, wow, that that maybe that's something I should have uh, done, and maybe that's there's a career in it for me, kind of thing. And and so, obviously, there's only so many hours in the day, and so only so many careers you can have. But if if I were a bit younger, and and I would, you know, to make a were, were to make a career choice, 
So what, what do you think, how would you, how would you tell me to become a designer? What are the qualities and the passions that you're looking for in a designer that would start their career in that, in that path? Yeah, well, first of all, Andre, it's, it's never too late. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've managed to uh, talk a couple of engineering friends into uh, design along my career. Let's see. I, I think, um, I mean, the, the main thing that, that matters most is uh, that you care about someone's problem, solving that problem well. And uh, I think one of the fundamental things that designers need uh, is the humility to to try ideas and, and uh, test them on people and very rapidly learn that, that your ideas are rubbish and, and find another idea. So, so really, I think being open-minded is, is probably one of the main prerequisites. You know, I think we, as designers, we delight in using our imaginations and prototyping, making things, trying things out, and also crafting experiences, so sort of building craft skills. These are all things that anyone can learn and they can teach themselves to do those things. It, you know, a, a lot of the designers that I work with uh, did spend uh, three or four years in design school. And a lot of what they were doing there was uh, developing those skills, really getting good hands-on skills to, uh, to actually do that sort of hands-on design work. And kind of subtly and maybe not always realizing it, they're also, I think, learning to think differently. You know, uh, we as designers, we like to say that we're comfortable with ambiguity. We, we often solve messy, poorly defined problems. And the best way to do that is to jump in with an idea, test it out and learn something often completely different than what you expected to learn. And sometimes reframe the problem even before moving on to the next solution. So um, a, a, a way of thinking that is perhaps less purely analytical uh, and uh, not necessarily uh, always uh, having a, an exact right answer in front of you, uh, but instead having a more exploratory approach and, uh, you know, iterating toward, uh, toward excellence. So um, I don't know if that's at all helpful to anyone, but I think that's uh, definitely sort of some of the things that, uh, that I think of are important to being a designer. Well, you know, maybe it is indeed not too late for me. You know, I, I, I need to think about that. All right. Um, we're out of time. I want to thank you so much for, for coming and sharing your, your insight with us. That was a great conversation. It's my thank pleasure. You. Thanks for having me. All right. And with that, uh, we'll wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening and hope to see you all soon.